This is the Create Love, Create Freedom podcast. My name is Allison Fisher. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about daughters with borderline mothers, meaning mothers who have borderline personality disorder, and the impact that that has on her daughter. So for most children, their mother is a safe harbor. Um, As a daughter develops from a child dependent on her mother to an independent woman, um, that I like to say, you know, becomes the sovereign queen of her own life as she matures and develops from a child into a woman. She needs to have a mom as the solid base and her solid base of support. Um, she needs an example of the mature version of who she hopes to become. This becomes very difficult when you have a mother with borderline personality disorder. Um, so what happens if mom turns out to be the scary one? What if instead of being a port in the storm, you know, the safe harbor, what if your mother is the storm? Some traits of having borderline personality disorder are having a mom who is, you know, raging, out of control, very self-destructive, uh, very unpredictable. And often she's a woman who acts like a little girl in a lot of situations. I think it's really important to know that borderline personality disorder can happen in several ways. Um, Sometimes it has been known to be linked genetically. Um, It's in the DNA. And then I think other times um, it can also develop due to the kind of childhood our mothers had. Um, growing up, I really felt like my mom couldn't help me when I was a child, uh, especially navigate my emotions, that kind of thing, because she couldn't help herself. Not only was she not taught any sort of coping mechanisms, right? How to control her own emotions, how to not be self-destructive, how to rely on being a predictable human being, not needing a bunch of variety, right? Spice in her life, (laughs) for better or worse. Um, And this was also because she not only wasn't taught that, but her own environment as a child was incredibly destructive. And I believe this was very true with my own mother. So I'd like to talk about some traits. Um, that a borderline mother's behavior, um, you know, how that can really impact her daughter. And the first thing that I think of was really having to walk on eggshells around her, especially as a child. You never knew when your mother would become triggered and rage at you. There was always this unspoken rule in my house. Um, 
Each morning when I woke up, I never knew what mother I would get. She would always kind of blame it on things like, oh, you know, she worked um, ER in the emergency room or emergency department at our local hospital. And so she would usually work a 3 p.m. to 3 a.m. And so, you know, sometimes she just wouldn't have had enough sleep. And so there was always this thing where she had her own coffee pot um, and she would have to have coffee and kind of sit quietly before we were really able to speak to her. Um, But you never knew what kind of mother you were going to get. So as a result, as a child, I constantly walked on eggshells um, around her emotions and around her rage and around her unpredictability. Another trait um, that comes to mind is as an adult, there was a period of time up until only a few years ago where I couldn't trust my own judgment. When my mom experienced me as both her heroine one moment and as the villain the next, I really never knew where I was in relation, in, in relation to others in my relationships with people. And that caused for a lot of self-distrust, self-abandonment. And I also think that that's where um, a lot of my own anxious attachment style came into play. Another trait, um, and I've heard this from several other people that I've worked with, you really just kind of kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. So it really felt like a lifetime of my mother's borderline personality disorder and unpredictable moods trained me to be on constant high alert. I am already, or as a child, I was already an empath and I was already highly sensitive and I was already intuitive and introverted. Um, So I was already aware of the feelings and the emotions of other people, but With her unpredictability, uh, her rage, I was just always waiting for it, waiting for it to happen so that I could kind of brace against it. Kind of, I think of like waves crashing up against, um, like a rocky shore, just like that would like pulverize a boat if the boat got caught in a storm like that. And when your mom, when my mom was doing well, because there were times when, you know, she would be doing well, it was usually cyclical, right? Uh, Different times of the year when it was warmer and sunnier out, she tends to do much better. Um, But there's usually a period of time from October, which is my birthday, all the way through Mother's Day in May, where she can be very destructive. And so, I would constantly be waiting for her to explode into anger or on the flip side, break down into tears. Um, She tends to have kind of these two emotional triggers and you never really knew which ones you were going to get, whether or not you were going to get the tears of the, you know, I'm your mother. How could you treat me this way? Or just the rage and the anger at you 
How dare you treat me this way? Another trait, I would constantly feel guilty. Um, I really had to, I really learned, I would say, uh, to internalize the belief that I was solely responsible for her happiness. It was because of me that she was in a rage or that she had tears, that she was, you know, really upset. And to this day, even my father kind of perpetuates that to some extent. Well, your mother's angry or upset at you. And being responsible for her happiness meant that I then had to walk around on eggshells. Um, constantly changing my own behavior or my own natural reactions, like kind of subduing them a lot so that I would never put her, like I, I would never tip her access so that she could stay balanced and therefore be happy. Um, she often says things like, well, if we had just had dogs instead of children, we'd have more money they are doing just fine financially. But there's kind of that that part of her in the background that we, that constantly thinks she'd be happier if she made a different choice to not have children because we bring her so much hurt and pain, mostly because now uh, my sister and I will stand up for ourselves in a kind way and we will disagree with her and say, no, that's not something that I am going to choose for my life. You can think that, but that isn't that isn't what I'm actually going to choose. And so by feeling responsible, solely and completely responsible for her happiness, um, I was really taught to attend to everyone else's needs rather than my own. And again, this led to feelings and beliefs of being uh, very insecure in who I was, um, not confident whatsoever. And it's taken me many years to kind of go back through and understand my mother's behavior patterns. Um, also have compassion for it because to some degree in her child, it wasn't her fault. Yet at the same time, also understanding that I am not responsible for her happiness and it is not my job to pour myself out for other people to the point that I am empty in order to meet everyone else's needs. My needs are also incredibly important. Another trait was I could never say no. One of the options um, as a child was never, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, if I tell my mother no, even to this day, it's as if I've committed a federal crime. Um, my mom, you know, who has borderline personality disorder believes she can sense rejection a mile away, right? So she's triggered and becomes very upset. Anytime I say no, she sees that as a deep rejection, I remember um, there were multiple times when she would support something. So like when I chose to go off to college, she supported it in the beginning. Um, and then she threw a massive fit. 
before I went to college. Um, I went on a study abroad uh, to China and to Washington, D.C., and there was always, she would, she would tell her colleagues, oh, Allison will never get on the plane. She just won't do that. And when I did Peace Corps, um, and I got my packet and it said Zambia, that's the northernmost part of Southern Africa, um, which I was so excited by. I mean, Africa, man, it just gets under your skin and you're just itching to go back. It's a phenomenal and beautiful place. Um, and my mother actually kicked me out of the house the month before I was supposed to leave. I had to go live with some friends, um, an older couple that my parents knew, because my mother was so angry that I would, quote, abandon her, and that I was rejecting her. And, and even at that time, I didn't, I didn't understand why. It just hurt a lot. It was just very deeply painful. So because my mom became triggered and became so upset, I was always afraid to say no to her or tell her something she didn't want to hear, which again led to um, rejecting myself, led to a lot of anxiety and not feeling confident or competent. Um, always second guessing my, myself, my decisions and really reinforcing that dependent daughter. I was dependent on her, on my father for all of my choices. Another trait is setting and sticking to boundaries. It's only been in the last couple years that I have started to get this right. Um, boundaries are the antidote to enmeshment. So they set my mom off, right? She wants to be so deeply enmeshed in the relationship, so much codependency that I would never set a boundary and say, hey, you know, um, this is like you've crossed this boundary and now we need to step back for a little bit or um, steer clear of one another or not see each other for a little while. Um, and that is something that I've really had to learn how to do. I remember, oh, four years ago or so, I told um, my now ex-boyfriend, um, I told him, you know, we, we need to work on boundaries in our relationship. And I said, but I don't even know how to set a boundary. I don't even know what it looks like because no boundaries were ever modeled for me as a child. And it's only been over time, you know, the past four years that I've really been able to set boundaries. And then sometimes I will break them. Um, and I'll feel bad maybe for a little bit and feel a little defeated. And then I'll say, no, no, it's okay. We're learning. Let's try again. But that really upsets my mother. Again, she sees it as me being the disrespectful child because she can't be enmeshed in absolutely every aspect of my life. And then the last trait that I'd like to talk about for today is I always wondered as a child and even into adulthood, if I was really the crazy one, 
The truth is with a mom with borderline personality disorder, it's hard to know what normal is. Life is chaotic. It's a roller coaster with a borderline personality disorder mom. You've been doing basically a high wire act your entire life, trying to balance, you know, um, mom's ever changing needs and emotions and rage and anger and tears with my own. So in these times when I'd have these different encounters with her, especially over the past couple of years, um, it was always like, am I just, am I just being unreasonable? Am I just kind of nuts? D- do I have the problem here? And so I really had to, you know, look into that as well and do the research that kind of said, well, no, no, I, I don't have these traits. I'm not a borderline narcissist. I don't have borderline personality disorder. And I'm someone who's healing and recovering from anxious attachment. Well, it makes sense that I would get clingy to people and that I would be attracted to people who push me away. Because my mother is someone who also has disorganized attachment, right? So it makes sense that I'm attracted to or was, I should say, attracted to men who were emotionally avoidant and emotionally unavailable, distant. And it's only been over time that I've really learned how to correct a lot of those things. And a lot of that was number one, realizing that my mother has borderline personality disorder, even though she will deny it to the day she dies. Um, she's never sought help. Um, and I'm, I'm never expecting her to. What I have had to do, though, is take considerable steps back from my relationship with her. And again, create boundaries, right? With, with some friends, whatnot. I just kind of let them know, like, here's my little picket fence or my little wrought iron fence. And I invite people in. And um, if there's some sort of issue, then I invite them to leave. With my mother, it's more like the Great Wall of China. It's more like a castle with a high wall, a moat, um, and archers standing ready. (laughs) Um, There's a little tiny drawbridge. And oh, if she shows me, you know, any of that kind of um, disrespect around um, you know, the rage, the anger, the you're such a terrible daughter, you know, that kind of stuff, then I just hoist up the little, um, the little drawbridge and um, defend to some degree. Now, maybe that was more in the beginning. Now I kind of feel like I just live in a land that's much further away from her because I put a lot more distance between myself and her. Um, because I realized, I realized what it was. I realized that this is borderline personality disorder. She also is, um, a very emotionally volatile person. And there's nothing I can do to change it. I can't 
make her grow. I can't help her. As my father says, we need to help your mother. No, no, we actually don't. He can, that's his choice. But I can't. I don't, not only do I not have the resources, but it's not my job. It's also not my father's job. I don't think that he sees that. But what is my job is to work on my boundaries, work on my anxious attachment, become more securely attached, heal some of those wounds and attract different kinds of men into my life, right? Um, Attract a partnership that is very secure so that I can then raise secure children. Um, It's also healing my inner child. Anytime that things come up into conflict, that come up in conflict, um, I had told my ex-boyfriend at one point, I'm not sure if I'm triggered because of you and what you're saying. I'm pretty sure I'm not. Pretty sure I'm triggered because that's something my mother used to say or something similar. So soothing that inner child. Um, I like to imagine, I like when I'm triggered, I like to kind of close my eyes and imagine that I'm literally wrapping my arms around myself as a three-year-old, as an infant, as a seven-year-old, as a 10-year-old, as a 16-year-old, whatever it is, and say, hey, I've got you. You're safe. We are okay. Let's breathe. Let's regulate our nervous system. Um, We don't have to fight. We don't have to flee. Um, We don't have to um, just stay stuck. We have other options in front of us. And the other thing too has really been reparenting myself, uh, learning how to more than just sit with my anger. I hear a lot of people talk about sitting with your anger, the anger that you have towards your mother. Um, And certainly there were times in the past when I've been very angry at her, like, I am so sick and tired of dealing with this, with this BPD, this borderline personality disorder with my mother. But also realizing that the anger is normal and it's natural. But I also don't have to put myself in those situations. I can choose not to. Um, I don't push my anger away anymore. I don't bottle it up to try to spare her from being disrupted or upset. Instead, I work through it. Um, I also work through it by reparenting myself, um, working on remothering myself in that I become the mother that I wish I had, or more so becoming the mother the internal mother that I need. I've kind of let go, I I would say, of wishing that I had a different mother. I love my mother. I, I can't spend as much time with her as I would like to if it were a healthy relationship. And I know that that's painful for her, but it's also painful for me. At the same time, though, I treat myself as if I am exceptional, and worthy of love and attention. 
And I really work on giving that to myself as well as creating an environment with friends and other family members who are very nurturing and that I can both give and receive love from. Uh, So that's been really helpful. So remothering myself and being the mother that I need now so that in the future, I can also be the mother that my son and or daughter needs in the future. So part of this process of healing my, I guess, disrupted childhood, because I have a mother with borderline personality disorder, it's really helped me understand healthy interactions with children and with my future children. So if you are a woman, a daughter with a mother who has borderline personality disorder, or she has some of these similar traits, right? Um, it does have an impact on you. It does change your childhood. It also puts you in a place where you have trauma and wounds. And it's also a beautiful gift to get to work through those. Um, there was a time years ago where I just really felt like my life was just kind of a hamster wheel. Like the same things were happening over and over and over the same repeated patterns. And as I have worked to heal those patterns, it's really helped me grow myself and create a deep sense of confidence, like authentic confidence in who I am, in my skills Um, achieving the goals that I go after, not just having these little dreams that kind of float around that I'd write about in my journal, right? But actually going after things and tackling them. Um, So you can heal. In my personal opinion, and my personal journey was understanding at first, working through the the anger and and the emotions of it. And then being very aware of myself. And so then when something would come up and I would say, ooh, I don't like how I reacted to that. I don't like how I showed up in that moment. Take note of it. Look at it. See what you did. Talk to the other person because generally it's there's it always involves another person, right? Some of our closest relationships and really say, ooh, wow, I was triggered in that moment, or I'm triggered in this moment. Hold on, let me breathe, let me regulate my nervous system. Let me try to come back to this, because this is a trauma response to something that happened in childhood. And I think as you do that, you will begin to trust your own judgment a lot more. Um, you won't always just be waiting for the other shoe to drop in your life, whether that be with your mother or just in any part of your life. Um, you'll stop feeling guilty that you can't provide other people with happiness. You can add to their happiness, but you can't provide it deep down for them. You know, you learn to say no 
You learn to protect yourself. You learn to set boundaries. And you realize that although you have things to work through and wounds and trauma to heal, you're not crazy. Um, and you can make sure that this doesn't get passed down either to your children or future children, um, or just to those people around you. Because if we have unhealed trauma and wounds, it affects everybody. One of the topics that we will be covering in our members club in the next couple of months uh, will be attachment style. So if you are interested in kind of getting on the healing journey and um, doing a lot of self-discovery, wanting to master areas of your life and yourself um, and continue on that self-healing journey, please join us. You can go to Create Love Freedom. Um, I believe it's .podia.com. And we have our members club there. Uh, It is a monthly subscription. And each month we come out with new content, new videos, new topics. And I'm always interested in learning um, what you are interested in uh, gaining more knowledge about um, areas of your life that you are interested in healing and trauma that you are interested in working through. Until next time.